Prepare to hear the truth from a real whistleblower and American patriot. Here's civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and indefinitely suspended FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hey, my friends. Thanks so much for joining the uh, Kyle Serafin Show. We're going to get back to our normal uh, schedule or our maybe aspirational schedule uh, next week. It's been kind of a, a strange one. So I'm just going to do a quick uh, few minutes wrap up here and kind of talk about a couple of quick deals. Uh, first of all, we want to wish a, um, you know, a, a speedy recovery to our friend Dan Bongino, who just had elbow surgery today. Uh, I hope that uh, he has no complications and we see him back in the saddle on Monday. Um, and if that is the case, then we may have some fun disclosures for you next week because I just got something kind of wild today and I don't want to get too deep into it until I've had enough time to process what I've seen but I'm gonna just touch on a couple of things that happened this week number one uh, my family and I just traveled across the country back and forth we went and saw some friends it was an acute reminder of the difficulty that uh, that my kids are actually facing as well I had my my oldest daughter who's five apologize to her friend and our former neighbor in New Mexico stating that uh, she was really sorry and she didn't mean to move of course she had no say in that whatsoever. Um, but pretty heartbreaking to hear your child apologizing for something that they didn't do. And it's not their fault and is really the fault of this, uh, disgusting, um, administrative limbo that the, the FBI has put me in. And, um, and it's a hundred percent related to <laughs> their, their inability to, uh, have some self-reflection and decide whether or not that, uh, they were on the wrong side of history with both the vaccine mandate, which they could have easily waited on the, um, you know, this sort of parent school board uprising that was happening as CRT and gender theory and all these other things were being shoved down parents' throats and causing a lot of stir uh, before the midterms and, uh, and and last year as well. But uh, but they don't have that ability. And so my children have to suffer for it. And I'm a little bit frustrated by um, being reminded of that. On top of that, I had a very strange moment where my former supervisor has written his third sort of hit piece against me, but this time he decided to call me out by name. It's a guy named John Nance. He writes for Town Hall occasionally. He's a retired FBI agent and supervisor. Um, I'm not sure that John worked a case for the last 10 years. Um, one of the last things that he and I spoke on the phone about which was while I was in New Mexico, actually, was that uh, he was just going to hunker down and not say anything and not ruffle any feathers and try to get out with his pension intact so that he could, uh, you know, avoid getting the COVID shots as well. Uh, interestingly, that guy has decided to come and attack me. And it was all apparently stemmed because he didn't like my characterization of what our squad did and how our work was, which is certainly my opinion. Uh, nobody would say otherwise, but people who do the work, they know it's not the, it's not the scariest or most dangerous thing in the world. It has some potential. It has more potential to be dangerous than probably most of FBI's, um, most of the FBI's investigative material, because we're actually on the street and weird things happen when you're out in public, but it's not inherently dangerous. And, and, um, you know, there's not been a lot of, um, people who have been hurt. We've had one or two agents that have gotten involved in shootings and things like that. Um, but oh, like over 10 years, it's just really, it's a pretty rare occurrence. So apparently he was, uh, he was a little bit miffed about that, but he likes calling me a clown and he's upset about, uh, you know, my pieces going after the FBI's director who, um, I'm feel very confident that is it's reasonable to go after for particularly his malfeasance, uh, and his misuse of, uh, his access to the FBI's plane, um, a piece that we covered a little bit, um, during the last week. Uh, in any case, it, it is a little bit strange to see that, but, uh, on top of that, you've got people like my buddy Bongino out there now who are defending me. And that was strange. So as I drove from, um, Arizona to New Mexico, I actually had 
the radio tuned in on the internet. We didn't have access to terrestrial radio and we were streaming. I caught 15 or so of the 30 minutes where Dan was just going off on this guy um, on his national radio show. And so it's nice to have friends that are willing to step up and defend your, you know, your honor. Um, I kind of recommended to him just ignore it because he's just, the guy's not worth it in a lot of ways. He's just, he had my number. He could have called and told me what he thought and we could have had a discussion like men. That hasn't happened and uh, that I don't think it will at this point. But uh, I also don't really care. Uh, I'm I'm of the the theory the sort of man in the arena. If John wanted to get in the arena, he's more than welcome to have my Twitter following. He can take my account over, and uh, I'll take over his pension, and we'll call it even. But you know, I think that he got a pretty good deal, and for him to try to take both pieces of it and and not be able to call out the things that we all know are wrong with the FBI, and he knows as well. Um, he's defending an honor of something that uh, just it's it's not righteous. So. That's weird. Um, on top of that, found out this week that um, Jim Jordan's committee was going to be issuing subpoenas. And in fact, they did that today. Um, they released the subpoena. I'm going to just pull up the article so I can quote it. But uh, they released the uh, subpoenas to FBI Director Ray, saying that they were going to be investigating the Biden administration for use of federal resources that quote unquote target parents at school board meetings. Obviously, that was my disclosure and uh, what I got involved in on October 27th of 2021 when I went to Yvette Harrell's office, the uh, congresswoman out of the 2nd District in New Mexico, and shared the email that has now uh, been sort of publicized by Jordan's committee pretty well, but uh, an email that uh, indicated that Assistant Director Carlton Peoples at the time had uh, marshaled counterterrorism resources and and was co-signed on by the criminal division to look into parents who may or may not be a threat to um, school board officials uh, in conjunction with a uh, attorney general memo that came out on October 4th of that same year and uh, about five days after the testimony that uh, that Garland had actually given in front of Congress. And I'm not sure exactly what part of Congress he was. I thought it was the House Judiciary Committee. But once again, he had gone out there and said that they were not going to be using uh, Patriot Act tools or counterterrorism resources to, to target parents. And then we found out, of course, that they were. Um, and, uh, I think you guys can expect to see a long form piece on this pretty soon. Uh, one of our one of the suspendables friends is, is writing a very long piece with a bunch of documentation, including some new stuff that you haven't seen before. So I will 100% alert you to that. Uh, on top of all that, we found out that this guy, James Meeks, James Meek, rather, who is a, uh, let's pull it up real quick. Um, so he was a, a producer at uh, ABC News, uh, an author, somebody who has been working overseas and doing some different uh, um investigative type pieces that have been embarrassing to the DOD, the Department of Defense and some others, uh, was arrested. This is kind of interesting, formally charged uh, with uh, transportation of child pornography. I'm actually going to have to read the complaint. In fact, I'll do that this weekend and I'll have that for you tomorrow. I mean, uh, I'll have you uh, that next week. It's interesting. uh, I knew about this uh, because my friends were actually on that search warrant that were involved in uh, executing the the raid at his uh, apartment, I believe. And uh, when they did that, they told me the strangest thing was that the tip came in through Dropbox and why that's relevant is because Dropbox is a very unsecured space and people like Meek who have been working with Green Berets overseas have spent a bunch of time in the the national security space and have done uh, comprehensive investigations like they just don't generally speaking have access uh, have the foolishness to use something like Dropbox which is an unsecured um, hosting site in the cloud Um, we would expect someone like him to have something a little bit more sophisticated 
not saying he didn't do it, not saying he wasn't in possession, not saying that he didn't do any of these crimes. Um, I think that the facts should speak for themselves, but uh, it does give me some pause and it gives me some suspicion because my buddy Steve Friend told me that the people that he caught with Dropbox tips were some of the dumbest people in America that either didn't understand how to use a computer at all, or they were legitimately and diagnosably mentally retarded. And I mean that in a clinical sense. And if that's the case, I don't think that this guy, James Gordon Meek, um, meets that. And so it's be, it would be very unusual for me to, to see someone that, that, uh, capable and probably intelligent and, and someone who has, um, uh, an awareness of what we call comsec or communication security, which is to say like end to end encrypted apps and so on, or, uh, operational security that they would be just uploading that. And it looked like he had young daughters. So all this stuff is really damning. Um, it does remind me of a little piece. I'm going to show you, uh, that was, um, Cheryl Atkinson, she's talking. So you're going to hear a couple of voices, but the first one is going to be, um, it's going to be Matt Gates, and they're doing like an offsite hearing uh, about the First Amendment being under attack, particularly by the FBI. So let's do you that. were it sucks being set up by the government and surveilled by the government, and sometimes it takes far too long to be able to clear those matters up. May, may I you say made, made, um, one little reported? facet of my case is one of the federal agents involved in one of the operations against me said that they intended to plant child porn in my husband's computer. This is the FBI. There's been a case um, that's currently in litigation unrelated in which an FBI agent has testified that they did that. They have done that. It was not accomplished in my case. I guess the, the curtain was drawn on that facet of the operation prior to them doing it. But imagine how you ever get out of that, how you, they, they knew we had a young daughter at home and had allegedly conspired to do that. You mentioned these dark operations where elements of the FBI and DOJ use other parties to do criminal and bad things, and it appears to be some separate endeavor, but really it's driven by the core corrupt influence. But what Mr. O'Keefe's circumstance designates is they're willing to rip the Band-Aid off. So, you know, I'm not familiar with that being done, but that does not seem outside the range of possibilities at this point. And it's really sad to, to, to work for an, or an organization and then look at them and go like, um, I wouldn't put it past people that are there. The, the fact that we have such immoral actors that are involved in our uh, federal law enforcement at the, at the highest levels, the people that are running the show, and then the fact that I saw that people were not willing to step up and say no when they were doing things that they thought might be illegal um, or immoral or unethical or whatever. Um, and particularly this was revealed pretty, uh, intensely during this sort of COVID situation. Uh, it's troubling. It's troubling on a lot of levels. It's troubling for me, but I think it should be troubling for, for most of you as well. Um, it, it also kind of tells us it's fitting that, uh, once you've been accused of child pornography possession or production or, you know, transportation or so on, or any of these things, number one, it, it gives you a really, really bad spot in, uh, in prison. I cannot imagine that that's looked on very fondly, but moreover, um, it discredits you. It moves you out of the national conversation and nobody's going to come and defend what you're about. I do think that we're seeing kind of a sea change as far as that the allegations against somebody are not necessarily looked at as credibly when they're coming out of the FBI. So there's a criminal complaint there. I'll look over it and I'm going to see what I see. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe do another discussion. I kind of like doing analysis of those. I do want to bring up another piece here real quickly. Like I said, I'm not going to, not going to go the distance for an hour today because, um, I just don't have 
the mental bandwidth. I've been dealing with two kids who are actually puking all the way back from, from New Mexico, which is terrible. Um, I'm going to bring this one up, though, because I did see this over the last two days. I actually saw this while I was in uh, New Mexico. And this is a piece that is on uncoveredc.com. So by all means, go there. And it's written by uh, Wendy Mahoney. And Wendy did a really great piece about just all the things that were going on as far as the allegations with the um, the original whistleblower complaints that I did and some of the other kind of uh, DOD or DOJ purges, rather. So we'll get into this, but this is a 59-page a report. She's talking about uh, something that comes out of the U.S. Government and Accountability Office, or GAO, um, dealing with the military and some of their... Uh, abilities to combat on, on behalf of our national security mission, how to combat mis, dis, and malinformation in an area known as the cognitive dimension. I'm going to highlight that right there. Um, this is something that is a an outgrowth of when you start dealing with cognitive infrastructure, which they've been reporting on for quite a bit and has come out during the uh, Twitter files and, and the uh, Missouri v. Biden piece. This is a, a little document or a, a graphic rather that I'd like to call apart. So if you're just listening to the audio stream right now, um, you can check this thing out at uncoverdc.com. But there's a three dimensions of informational environment and the information environment is a circle essentially uh, with a peace sign more or less driven through it. It's basically three separate and equal portions of this circle and on the right hand side it says the physical dimension which is the tangible in the real world these are human beings command and control facilities newspapers books communication towers uh, laptops smartphones etc on the left side of it is the cognitive dimension it's the human centric it's got a, like a picture of a brain and it says these are the beliefs norms vulnerabilities motivations emotions experiences morals education healthcare identities and ideologies the bottom is data driven so that's going to be the the parts that are like collection processing storage dissemination protection of, of information in transit it says how and where uh, command and control is exercised and the commander's intent but when we think about the cognitive dimension and the uh, the cognitive sort of infrastructure it's actually a really terrifying thought that the government thinks they have any business getting involved in what we think and how we process information what our vulnerabilities are what our emotions are whether they're appropriate or not um, whether we have a certain identity that we want to uh, associate with and ideologies and that's going to lead me to my last little piece here which is to say that I got a document that I'm going to be working on over the weekend to try to get into a, a format that we can make accessible to people it is a intelligence product coming out of the Richmond field office talking about, and I, I laughed about this when I was trying to, when I was trying to speak about it, about radical, uh, traditional Catholics, radical, traditional Catholics, RTCs, they have an acronym now and how they have a lot of overlap and they are aligning with white nationalists or white supremacists, which the FBI knows as racially motivated violent extremists. That is the craziest thing that I've heard so far this year, but I am not surprised that we are going there. It's terrifying and horrible, but it is exactly what we should be expecting. So radical, uh, <laughs> radical traditional Catholics are people that like the Latin mass that like pre Vatican II Catholicism. And so essentially these are Catholics the way that Catholics have been for most of the time that the United States has been a country. Apparently, they are ready, you know, ideologically overlapped with white supremacists per the, the Southern Poverty Law Center, which I thought was not a source the FBI could use. But that's what we're doing. That's how it's going. And we are in a world where the FBI is now going to be trying to mitigate this 
with sources and tripwires and liaison contacts inside the Catholic Church, particularly ones that are traditional. Um, I love the Latin Mass. I think it's wonderful. And I love an, uh, like an old organ and I love uh, Latin prayers. And I studied Latin when I was a kid because of this. This was one of the reasons why you learned the Latin when you were uh, a Catholic growing up. I went to pretty austere Catholic schools through fifth and sixth grade. Uh, I took Latin all the way through through high school. I actually tested out of Latin when I was in college for three semesters credit. And, um, you know, I, I, I just don't understand how they could imagine that something like that is worthy of the FBI's resources and time. Um, it is of note that this particular product, which I'm just going off memory right now, but they actually mentioned that this was the first product of its kind dealing with the, um, the radical traditional Catholic threat. So at least I didn't miss anything while I was at the Bureau, but they've obviously gone off the damn rail since then. Um, the problem are, is that radical traditional Catholics, you know, are not very favorable to the LGBTQIA plus agenda, nor are they favorable to the abortion agenda. And in fact, they are pushing for less abortion. This should come as a shock to all of you, anybody who's a Christian that has a problem with both of those things. You're next. Uh, radical traditional Baptists will probably be next, but obviously not as old of a, of a uh, sect of Christianity. And uh, all the rest of the uh, evangelicals, expect yourselves on the list. Radical traditional evangelicals, probably coming to a theater near you. Um, <laughs> just an insane time for us all to be alive. So I do appreciate you uh, taking the short time to hear this. I, I know we, we went a little bit shorter than I normally would. Uh, there's plenty of news out there. I just don't have the bandwidth to digest it all at the moment with, with sick kiddos. And uh, I'm going to continue to upgrade our, our space and our signal. And uh, we will have a, a good interview for you, I hope, on Monday morning, first thing. I've got two possibilities. So we'll get one of the two. And um, again, best wishes to our buddy Dan as he heals up. He might be the venue where we bring some of these uh, crazy Intel products to light because he's just got such a big audience. Um, if you're not following me on Twitter, you can do so at Kyle Serafin, K-Y-L-E-S-E-R-A-P-H-I-N. I'm also on True Social. You can see us there. Uh, we send out little cuts there. Follow the Kyle Serafin Show anywhere that you follow podcasts. If you like it, please do subscribe and uh, you'll get the new content as it comes out. And we'll be more than happy to see your subscription. You can give us a five-star review at any of the places like Amazon Music, apparently, Spotify and Apple. And um, I will do my best to get back on my schedule coming up this week through February should be an interesting February for the Seraphim clan and for the Kyle Seraphim show. I really do appreciate you guys sticking with me and um, we will see you on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Seraphim show. Be sure to follow him on Twitter and truth at Kyle Seraphim.